Hey everyone, this is Cassie Corona, and you're listening to Not Your Drinking Buddy Podcast, the show that brings you inspiration to stay sober another minute, hour, or day. This podcast is all things sobriety, travel, and personal development. I'm a serial entrepreneur, organizational development practitioner, business mentor, wife, stepmom, an avid traveler, and also a fur mom to Poochie Bella. And I'm all things personal development. I'm a strong believer in continuously pushing myself to be the best version of me. Hence, why I'm sober. I don't have all the answers, and so I'm always looking forward to learning and growing. My overall goal is to bring you strength, wisdom, and amazing speakers. I've been sober for four years now, and when I first started, I couldn't find a podcast that could keep me engaged. I was desperate to find a podcast that would share the hardships of sobriety along with wins. I couldn't find it, so you can imagine here I am creating this podcast for the early sober Cassie Corona. So here it is, little Cassie. Just as I tell my clients, find a need and create that. Here I am creating a podcast. And you can also find me on Instagram at the real Cassie, spelt at the real R E E L C A S S I. I dropped the E back in like ninth grade. This is where I post sober travel and a bit of my lifestyle. Or you can even check out notyourdrinkingbuddy.com for more ways to work with me. I offer group coaching, one-on-one coaching, and so much more. Go check it out. The format of this podcast will be, first, I will discuss any triggers that I have encountered in the last week and how I dealt with them. Second, I'll introduce our guests and allow them to share. I will then finish off the conversation with my three favorite questions that I love to ask all of my sober squad. Stick around to hear the questions and responses. Obviously, I'm a bit nervous because I realized that I need to share my story too. So I will share some of it now and leave the rest for another time. Hopefully this keeps you listening. (laughs) So my trigger this week was my stepson leaving marijuana paraphernalia in the car. So many emotions came up. And I did what I would tell anyone that I that is sober to do. Call your sober bestie, your sponsor, or anyone that understands how important sobriety is to you. And so I called one of my best friends. And at that moment, I realized I was fueling, I was upset, I was angry, and I had to do a self-assessment. What was making me so angry? Was it I wanted to control the situation? Was it that I was angry and how dare this person disrespect my space or our space? And... I had to get to the root of it. So with that, I reached out to my sober bestie and she was able to bring me back to reality. We're human. People make mistakes. And if we're not communicating our needs, then we have no right to be upset. It's important that we are able to have compassion at the forefront of our thoughts. With that being said, have to communicate our needs. And we are entitled as sober individuals to communicate our needs as much as that sounds completely out of this world. We have the right to say what is acceptable and what is not acceptable with our things and with us in our space. So, of course, today I want to highlight myself and share some backstory on who I am. I'm Cassie Corona, and you could find me on Instagram at The Real Cassie. I'm all things personal development, business, sobriety, and travel. I have my master's degree in organizational psychology. I hold a board member seat at my local chamber of commerce. I own a brick and mortar store and a consulting firm, and I have a passion for training and development. To be honest, I was none of this before getting sober. 
and was a level temp- level two sommelier. Yes, I was in the hospitality industry, and I previously lived in Las Vegas for about three years. That was so intense, to say the least. I spent most of my time drunk or high, never sober. And so I want to share my story. My bio dad was never in the picture, and I found myself always drinking about it. Wow, I seriously got some daddy issues. Anyways, let's rewind. Stepdad came into my life before I could remember, and he did drink, just like most parents, I think. But I also remember sitting on his lap at maybe the age of four, and he would allow me to taste his beer. He would laugh, and I would be amused by the attention, and to be honest, I always loved the taste of beer. Drinking and drugging became a real problem, like many in my adolescent years. But drinking was not even half the problem. That was a symptom of the problem. There was a deep need to be wanted, included, loved, and liked. Whatever it was, it brought me to drinking and drugging at a young age. I think my first time drinking with friends was cheap box wine at the age of 13 or something. We thought we were so grown. I blocked a lot of that out of my mind, though. Like, did you know that your brain is like an amazing Band-Aid? And I was just reading about this study on mice that suggests that the brain may clear away old information in the process of forming new memories. It's a process called neurogenesis. Um, and that role of neurogenesis is the dentrin gyrios, which helps it encode new information. So this study in mice has shown that suppressing neurogenesis can impair a type of learning called pattern separation. And so psychologists have long considered the process of forgetting a key to a healthy mind, yet neuroscientists haven't paid much attention to it in the past. So I like to embrace the idea that forgetting is healthy. And I like to talk about a moment that I spent with a client of mine who is a neuroscientist. And he said that our sleep patterns is a real um, indicator of our resilience. And I think that me forgetting a lot of my past traumas has allowed me to be resilient in a way that many, maybe other people might not acknowledge. All right, sorry, I tend to geek out when it comes to the brain. I'm obsessed with all that the brain has to offer. I mean, it's so responsible for so much, right? But in this case, it stores memories and is to blame for our habits and addictions and so much more. One day, maybe I'll bring in that client, that neuroscientist, to talk about how our brains store memories and how addiction is formed. I think you will find it interesting, or at least I will. All right, back to my long road of drinking and drugging. I was unable to stop. I never thought I would or I could. It was a part of my family, my community, and it was who I was. I would even tell my partner, this is me. Deal with it. I had to challenge the status quo and overcome the hardships of separating myself from people who did not want to embrace a new way of living. Of course, it was lonely, miserable, and hard as fuck. And so I was a dry drunk. Dry drunk is a term that is means someone who's sober but might still act drunk or deal with the same issues that led them to quit drinking in the first place. I like to look at it as someone that is not drinking, the, not, I mean, not doing the work, not reaching out, not helping others, and is miserable because they are not working on themselves. I was just sober, and I thought that was enough. I didn't start recovery. I knew drinking and drugging couldn't be the only way to live. So at the age 28, I stopped. Before getting sober, I put myself in terrible situations, drinking, drugging, and gambling. I even dated individuals who I will not speak ill of, 
but could not even see me today for coffee if they wanted to. And not because I think I'm better than them, but because, well, I will not risk my sobriety or my mental health. Boundaries. Ah, my favorite conversation that I have with my clients is boundaries. So important to know what you can and can't handle. Everyone just does not deserve access to you. Once I got sober, I created boundaries and I was ridiculed for them. Let's just say those people are no longer in my life. So the three questions I like to ask people that are going to be on the show is, tell me a story about your last name. My last name is Corona and my grandparents are from Cuba and my grandfather, I took his, obviously his last name and uh, he worked for Fidel Castro in a concentration camp for 10 years collecting sugar. And I love to think that he is propelling me to my future success. And I like to ask who inspires you and why. I find anyone that's able to ask for help inspirational because to ask for help is very hard for some. And I think that it's a form of intelligence. The most awkward moment since you got sober is another question that I'll be asking. And so I'll answer that. Um, It's probably since I started socializing with other people on a sober level, realizing like people are awkward and like I'm awkward um, and have to deal with all those feelings. It's just one of those things where once you get sober, you have to like learn how to socially adapt to others, not intoxicated. Anyways, thank you for listening to Not Your Drinking Buddy podcast. I hope you had as much fun as I did, and you could find me on Instagram at the real Cassie, notyourdrinkingbuddy.com, and maybe subscribe to this channel to stay connected and to discover when our next episode is released. Adios. This is not your drinking buddy. We're Cassie Corona. Let's go.